We begin with a simple meditation, allowing your body to relax and enjoy the conversation which is to come. Sit comfortably and when you are able to, close your eyes. Place your attention on your breath as you inhale and exhale through your nose. With each inhale, drive your breath into your belly, allowing it to expand. And as you exhale, allow the breath to exit with a gentle sigh. One more deep breath in, into your belly. And a gentle exhale as you sigh. And again, a deep inhale into your belly, allowing for a full exhale as you sigh. As you bring your breath to a regular calm pace, inhaling and exhaling through your nose, allow for a wave of relaxation to wash over your body. Finding any areas that may be holding tension. Begin scanning at the top of your head, noticing your brow, your jaw, and releasing any tension. Scan your neck, your shoulders, lifting your shoulders up to your ears and allowing them to drop. And again, lifting the shoulders up to the ears and allowing them to drop. Feeling the weight of the world rolling off. As you continue to relax, allow your chest and your upper back to release as you become aware of the beating of your heart in your chest. You may gently place your fingertips on your sternum, feeling the beating of your heart. Chin to chest in gratitude. As you continue to relax, let any tension go from your belly and you may place one hand on your heart and one on your belly, connecting the vibration of these two centers through your hands. Release even further, feeling the weight of your body on your seat as you place your hands on your lap. Allow for this wave of relaxation to wash over your legs, puddling at your feet with any traces of tension disappearing into the ground. Continue to inhale and exhale through your nose, allowing yourself to relax even further Breathe for another three rounds of breath. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic nutritionist and wellness coach. 
During the show, I will be in conversation with renowned wellness experts in service to their community. We'll be sharing personal stories, tips and tricks, and the self-care rituals which keep them grounded. Let's begin. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. Happy Monday on my kitchen counter. Let me accommodate myself here. Let me get, let me get nice. Um, because I wanted to chat to you guys about Thanksgiving and giving thanks and this holiday that is fast approaching, which can be high Jayla, which can be filled with joy or dread for some, unfortunately, um, or a combination of both. So I just wanted to come on here and talk about what your concerns are, if you have any, um, if you want ideas for ideal plating some recipes and guidelines. So I'm going to wait for a few more of you to hop on. Hi, beautiful. Are you gonna make, make the gratin? Um, that's a recipe I made for Jilla last Christmas inspired by potato gratin and, and we ideal plated it and she made it and it was a hit in her house so i have options for you but this conversation i would love for it to be driven by questions um and anything you want to know um overall life is to be lived and celebrations are going to are meant for celebrating and unfortunately because of all the noise and the miss communication, not miscommunication, miseducation the diet industry has provided for us, we sometimes don't even enjoy what these amazing opportunities to share with family, especially after a year like last year. But when you know, hi, Jessica, when you know how to eat, when to eat, how to best support your body, having a delicious, I want to eat whatever I want meal for Thanksgiving is not going to make a dent. The problem is if you're not eating properly, giving your body what it needs on a daily basis, on a meal by meal basis, your body is not going to like it. And and that's the conversation that I would love to change where it's not about seeing your meals by week or even by day. It's meal by meal. And this is something I speak about often. Um, hi. Um, we have 21 meals in a week. If you've worked with me, if you follow me on Instagram, if you sit around me long enough, you're, you'll hear me say this. We have 21 meals in a week, three meals a day, seven days a week. If most of those, 75, 80% of those, sometimes 90, we don't need 100 because unless you, you're like in the kitchen all day. Our ideal plate and I'll describe my ideal plate guidelines again for you. Three, four, five meals that have an extra hug on them are not going to throw you for a spin. You know, it's a, the problem is we're all or nothing. So I'm either being good or I'm being terrible. Or I'm eating um, super strict during the week and then I have cheat meals. And even the language that we have around food is so harsh and so um, it doesn't help, right? So let's break it down. If you have 21 meals, and most of those meals around the clock are ideal plate. What is ideal plate? You have some cooked vegetables, you have some raw vegetables. If your digestion allows, if not, you can double up on cooked. 
you have a good source of animal protein. If you're a vegetarian, you'll have to com combine a couple of vegetarian, um, natural, you know, whole food options, not tofu, not tempeh, not fake meats, processed food. But you know what, amame, peas, quinoa, um, and you have your good fats. That's your ideal plate. Um, I don't count starch in there, but you can add starch. But the ideal plate, the basics of the ideal plate, is an, it's a plant-based protocol with adequate amounts of protein and enough fat to get all the nutrient into your the center of your cells. If you don't have fat, you're peeing and pooping out half of it. If you don't have enough vegetables, you're not getting enough nutrition, um, vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients. And if you don't have any animal protein or the right combination of vegetarian protein, which is not as easy as just eating some meat or eggs or fish, um, you don't have building blocks. That's the cement. That's a brick and mortar for the body. So my, my program is science-based. I didn't make this up. It's not a moral choice or simply based on my history. My program is largely based on my personal history with a lot of education and science um, supporting it. So if you're not if you're not eating complete meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, the goddess smoothie for breakfast, or eggs or salmon with some greens and some berries for breakfast, and you can have some roasted vegetables, a little salad, and some roast chicken, or a little piece of fish or steak for lunch and same for dinner, and you're only eating vegetables, or you're only eating protein, you know all these keto and vegan and all those labeled diets you're missing half of the components to these are the building blocks to the body the micronutrients hi lita so you have to eat complete meals and if you eat enough complete meals your body's like oh my god they're feeding me i'm happy now if you throw in a food hug which is what i call what other people may call a cheat meal or who knows what else we're calling it your body is not going to be upset because you're giving it what it needs first. So, and it, for example, that's why I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving. A few things apply. What are some of the bad habits we acquire during a day of celebration? Number one, hi, Susanna. I'm just not going to eat all day because I'm going to eat a lot later. So I may as well just skip breakfast and probably lunch and then stuff myself for the Thanksgiving meal. No, your body doesn't understand that thought process. Your body just knows that you didn't feed it twice. You didn't do breakfast, you didn't do lunch. So you're gonna be starving. So of course you're gonna to wanna to eat everything in volume because your body's gonna be starving by that point. So rule number one or guideline number one, let's soften the language. Eat your breakfast, have a goddess smoothie or have your regular breakfast. Eat lunch. If if Thanksgiving is too close to lunch, then you can negotiate that or you can eat a smaller um, ideal plate. But don't skip it. That's the problem. Don't skip it. Usually what Thanksgiving meals are at four, five different people have different times. If it's between 12 and two, that's your lunch. But if the meal starts at four, five, six, have something to eat at your regular lunchtime and then you treat the Thanksgiving as a dinner. So it will be an early dinner, so you make sure you eat enough, right? If there's like a, a tradition, one of my clients has a tradition where they have um, antipasto before the meal. So, you know, we're eating all day during these celebrations. You treat that as a snack. So you have your antipasto plate. 
and then you wait a little bit and then you have your your dinner you don't want to be eating all day that's one thing the body doesn't like when we're eating a lot of many meals are just snacking and grazing through the day because there's something called gastric emptying that happens between meals where the when you eat and the food goes into your stomach and there's all this enzymatic action and stomach acid and all stuff when the stomach empties it cleans itself it actually takes a whole layer and, and, and sends it out and, and regenerates and waits for the next meal. So if you're constantly eating, that doesn't happen. So we're in a cycle of digestion all day. And when we're digesting all day, we also are not detoxifying or clearing the system because that happens in between through the same um, pipes. We, we detox and we digest through the same piping, the small intestine, large intestine, intestine. We use the same organs, the liver, the pancreas, all these stuff. So you don't want to have an extended meal for hours on end. You would treat it as, you know, snack, dinner or lunch, dinner or whatever the sequence is. Now, when you're at the actual event, you make sure you have your ideal plate as close as possible. So what is that? turkey, um, some cooked vegetable, some salad, you know, string beans and potato, however they're made or greens or, you know, whatever salad there is. And you eat that as the base of your plate. And then you add the cranberry sauce and then you add the caramel, um, sweet potato. And then you add the, or the, mac and cheese or then you add the apple pie and the glass of wine you know what in an occasion like this you can add a little bit of all of them but you don't want that to be the meal you want to have the foundation of your ideal plate as your meal and then you choose your hugs accordingly oh my god hi now if you've been working with me hi connie um so many beautiful people coming in if you have worked with me by and you've been doing the program for a few weeks you will know that some of these things will not even be a temptation because my program is not based on um willpower willpower doesn't work anything you do based simply on willpower is just not going to last you're going to have to be convincing and talking to yourself into into things you don't want to do so if you've worked with me for more than a couple of weeks your body readjusts your sugar rebalances so you're not craving the sweets you may still want to eat it because who doesn't love a good piece of pie but it wouldn't be this torturous thought process oh my god i'm um i can't eat this but i want to eat this or not so depending on where you are but if you've been doing this for a little while you choose your hugs accordingly you don't want to have all of it too because that doesn't feel good either, right? So if you have all of the or or a big quantity of everything, so choose to have a little bit of everything or choose the ones that you truly truly want because there's more meals to come over the weekend and we all know that leftovers are even better than the meal the actual day. So ideal plate it. Make sure you don't eat all day. Actually just contain your meals and you add your hugs accordingly. And you enjoy your your event with your family. And if somebody's asking why you're eating this or not eating that, you say, because I don't want to. <laughs> That's another thing. These conversations we seem to need to have with people explaining to them what we're doing. They're so curious when we're not doing what they're doing. And they say, how come you're not eating the pie? Or how come you're not drinking wine? Or how come you're doing this? 
I just don't want to. Thank you. I like this. Thank you. Oh, I just want that. Thank you. You know, we've, we've grown up, especially as women, thinking we have to explain ourselves when we're doing something that's healthy or out of the norm because the norm is not the healthiest sometimes. So when people start questioning, you don't have to answer. You know, I, I've been had a client recently where her daughter, it was her daughter's birthday and she had this dilemma because she didn't want to not eat the cake in her daughter's birthday. And I said, you know what? Eat the cake. If you want to eat the cake, you can eat the cake. But if you don't feel like eating cake, the best example you can teach one of your children is that you don't have to eat things you don't feel like eating or that you have to drink things like you don't feel like drinking and that you don't have to smoke things or meet people or hang out with people you don't want to. That's kind of peer pressure at, in, in the beginning when if, if you're telling your kid, oh, you have to eat that so that so-and-so doesn't get offended. Or I don't want to, but I have to do that because that thing that I don't want to do, as simple as a piece of cake. You're sending a, a worse signal by pretend doing something that you don't want to do as opposed to empowering your children to say, if you don't feel like doing something, you say, no, thank you. And if somebody asks you, why not? You say, because I don't want to. And you look at them like that. I'm joking. That's how I look at people. But I would love to hear some questions, if anybody has any, about Thanksgiving and what do you like. Um, I like pie. Not a, I'm not a big sweet tooth person, but I appreciate pie because, don't laugh at me, because I don't make pie. And pie, making a good pie is an art form. So if somebody brings a pie, actually my friends that are coming over, she makes a mean pie. She's bringing cherry pie. So I'm going to have that pie. And I'm not even like planning or or, or predisposed. I'm just giving you an example. Um, so Glitz and Tam is saying, you have helped me so much with not feeling I have to give reasons for my food choices, right? When we're in environments where people are like, on top of us, that reflects more on them. You know, if somebody starts asking me too much, which I have, I've had friends who are like, every time we go out to eat, which I don't go out to eat with anymore. <laughs> I'm in that kind of mood today. Um, but they would ask me always, and at one point I would be like, why are you so interested in what I'm doing? Well, no, because you're always doing something like, I'm just doing me. I'm not asking you about what you're doing. Well, I just, I'm just curious. Like, there's nothing to be curious about. I mean, if it will be somebody that I know has good intentions, it's truly curious. I would say, um, go talk to Paula. Because sometimes when we try to explain too much what we're doing, people think we're preaching to them. And nobody likes to be preached to. And it's, it's, isn't that funny? What have you been doing? What are you, oh, I've been doing this thing. And it's like, Oh, now here you go. Hi. Hi, Kara. Where you don't have to explain yourself. And if somebody's so interested in, in how you're eating and it has a negative undertone to it, ask them, why are you so interested in what I'm doing? Why? You know, but I hope you just go into the festivities. If you've been doing my ideal plate, just keep doing that. If you don't know what the ideal plate is, it's all over my highlights, it's all over my my feed. If you're new to to getting to know me, ideal plate is the most simple 
supportive thing you can do for yourself. And you don't need fancy food. You don't need fancy recipes. You just need some cooked vegetables, at least a handful, at least a handful of, of your salad. We don't need salad the size of our head. If you feel like you've been getting a lot of bloating and, and um, digestive disruption, maybe you're eating a lot of salad and that roughage is, is actually raw fiber that can affect your, your digestion. So double up on the cooked. We actually extract more nutrients, micronutrients from cooked vegetables. Um, it actually helps our brain grow. If we go back to the history of humanity, apparently there's a link from us um, becoming homo sapien and then evolving into who we are today because with the discovery of fire, we were able to cook food and extract more micronutrients from it. So we grew our brain, the front of our brain. So you may double up in, in your cooked vegetable. Make sure you have up to a palm full. It can be less. It can be a third. It can be half. It can be the whole palm of um, protein, ideal animal protein. And some people think... I was talking to a couple of people today that had wellness assessments that are interested in, in doing the program. They're like, but I'm kind of vegetarian. Are you going to force me to eat meat? I said, I'm not going to force you, but I want to talk to you about the benefits because it's science-based. Any Anything I suggest in my program, I didn't make it up. It's what the science is showing us. And if I'm telling you that animal protein is the one food on the planet that has a complete set of nine essential amino acids that we need to build tissue and brain and blood and hormones and nerve endings and all that stuff, I'm going to tell you to try and eat an egg or a piece of salmon or chicken. And if you dare, a piece of steak but I'm not going to push it on you. If you prefer to have veg vegetarian sources of protein, you have to work harder at it. You need to combine a lot of vegetables and you need to eat a bigger volume. So it's not as efficient as if you just eat a little protein. And, you know, the moral aspect of it comes in knowing where your food comes from. Just sustainably sourced, ethically raised and fished and um, and know where it comes from if you have that ability. If not, you do the best you can. But cooked vegetable, raw vegetable, or double up on your cooked. And by cooked, I mean a variety. You don't have to have a it's not a mono vegetable. So variety, a single or variety cooked, single or variety raw, up to a palmful of uh, protein and at least a couple of thumbs of fat. And I like to use the hands because we don't need to be measuring or weighing. These are pretty accurate. And then you gauge your hunger from, from there. If you need a little bit more, you add more. If you need a little less, uh, you eat a little less. You don't have to eat, finish eating when you feel full. You just have to feel satiated and satisfied. But that may take time if you haven't been eating well. So so Susanna is asking, so how does one differ, differentiate between wanting food or just wanting it because we believe that we should want it and say yes? Because the latter is so ingrained in us. As, yeah, it's so ingrained. Don't be rude. We're going to your aunt's house and she's going to make that famous thing that she makes. And you have to eat it. And God forbid you don't eat the thing and it's a thing. But you know what? At least for me who was raised like that. Like I had to kiss and hug people that I didn't. And I had to eat things I didn't want to. And I had to make conversations and play with people that want to. Now I tell my children, you don't have to. Even the food I cook them, I say, you know what? You don't want to eat it. Maybe you want to taste it. Maybe you'll change your mind and they'll taste. And I, I, know, I always make sure there's a variety that they have to choose from. 
but we eat very simple here. We all eat the same things. And some things they don't eat. Like they will not eat a mushroom. They will not. But they'll eat asparagus and broccoli and carrots. And they love when I make stewy things. So, um, but even when they, if they're done eating, I'm not like, finish your meal. You have to. I made that. It took me so long to cook that. No. Or if we, if anybody offers them anything that they don't want to eat, I've told them, say, no, thank you. You know, it's not, we have to change the conversation because look, now we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and we still carry that. Oh, I don't want to be rude. I'm going to so-and-so's house for dinner. And now I'm worried that if they, I'm on, I'm doing this program and I, you know what? When in doubt, eat, eat it if you want to. But please start saying no thank you if you don't want something. And if somebody else gets offended, that's on them. That's not on you. All right. We have a couple of minutes. I just want to do this until 4.30. So if anybody has any more questions, I'm gladly, I'm, I'll gladly answer. Uh, I'm going to actually explore a subject that may be of interest, which is alcohol. And we all know alcohol doesn't do the body good. But it's... Good wine is nice, having a cocktail. Um, if you do want to participate in having a drink, make sure you're drinking enough water, you're ultra hydrated. Make sure that um, you are um, doing it because you feel like it, not in, in, in for celebration, not because you have to or to check out and numb out which I used to do very well. I was in corporate for over 20 years before I started doing this six years ago. And that was my coping mechanism, my my glass or two of wine at the end of the day. And I would work, you know, nine to five, which was actually nine to nine. And I was exhausted by the end of the day. I couldn't even come home and, 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 and manage my kids. I was just tired. So my me time was pouring myself a... a a nice glass of white wine and I did that every single night and sometimes I slip back into those habits and I have to catch myself and then I'll go for two three years without drinking and then I'll drink a little bit for a, for a while and feel it and then go on and off so it's not about you saying I'm never drinking ever again but for me it's a slippery slope to this day and it's a, it's been a, a six-year journey so if you're celebrating, you know, I made a few deals with myself. I'm only having a glass of wine if it's with people that I love and I'm celebrating. Um, if I'm going to a nice dinner or or something that merits. But drinking to numb or drinking as a habit or drinking to unwind and disconnect is just not what is the best use of it for for your body in general. So... Stay super hydrated. Um, lemon water is really good for the liver. But make sure that most of all you're participating because it's something that is positive and brings you joy and you're not going to regret the next day. It's so easy to drink so much these days because it's just so normal that we drink every day and we drink large amounts of, you know, large volumes of alcohol. But if you do enjoy it, make sure it's the best. Even if it's the crappiest beer, make sure... If that's the best for you, that you're enjoying it because the energy we put into what we eat or drink is more important that, um, 
than the actual thing. If you're eating vegetables and you're feeling grumpy about it or bored or sad, and you rather eat a slice of pizza and you think, well, that slice of pizza is making you smile already. There's more, there's better energy in the slice of pizza. But, um, so Connie is saying, isn't it so interesting how we always think we have to have wine or champagne because we're celebrating? Absolutely. You can celebrate with water. So what I'm saying is that's a good um, reasoning to if you're going to have a drink. But that's, an, that's a really good point. Why do we have to celebrate with that? You know, when you're working with me, there's no alcohol to, for the duration of the program. And I made that clear from the beginning. If you're working with a nutritionist or a, a health coach or anybody guiding you in, in feeling your best and repairing your body and releasing unhealthy weight and, and uh, inflammation, and they tell you you can't have a glass of wine here and there during the week, don't work with them. Because the liver can't do anything else if there's alcohol in your system. So if you're trying to repair your gut and you're trying to repair your body and you're trying to whatever it is that you're doing, and they're like, oh yeah, you can have your, your a little bit of wine or some, there was a, a known dietitian and she called it fuel. Wine is your fuel. Come on. That's the kind of thing that really upsets me. But when you're on my program, you're not drinking because I want the best for you. And then when you're done, you choose you feel whatever you want to do. All the foods and all the things we take out, they come back when you're done. But if I'm promising you that I'm going to help you reset your body from the inside out, I can't um, suggest that you drink. I mean, you, you can if you want to, but it's not in the program guidelines. and It's not what I would advise for you to do because... The liver is queen, and if the liver is burdened by alcohol, no fat burning, no detoxification, many other metabolic functions are just not going to happen. Um, you can celebrate with water. I mean, we even made it, isn't it supposed to be bad luck if you do a cheers with water? Isn't that crazy? You have to, no. Drink your water, sparkling water with lemon, Tonic with decaf with a shot of espresso decaf. I love that mocktail. Um, make a shrub, couple of tablespoons of really nice vinegar. I actually have these vinegar that I'm obsessed with by Tarte. It's a small batch. She makes them herself. That one's rose and this one's lavender. And I put a couple of tablespoons of that in a wine glass over ice. Uh, pour ice cold sparkling water and a pinch of pink salt and it's winey it tastes like wine there's also a brand called minus eight that makes some beautiful grape vinegars um, that are great for shrubs as well so i highly recommend that but that tonic with a shot of decaf or espresso if you drink i don't drink caffeine over ice with a squeeze of lemon or lime <sighs> that's a yummy refreshing mocktail in a beautiful glass once you have a glass with ice and a wedge of lemon and nobody's going to ask you what you're drinking they'll drink always think you're drinking gin and tonic or something like that but anyway two more minutes if anybody has any questions i will gladly answer if not i would love to say that i'm very grateful to this community that we're building, the Paula gang, 
is in full effect. If you haven't joined, the platform has two levels. One is free open forum for anybody that wants to come in and learn and share their recipes. We post, we ask questions. Um, and there's a paid membership section that's only for graduates of the journey where I have a host of libraries, but you have to register. Even if you're a student of the, of the journey, you have to pay for access to that and you have to have done the journey. But there's an open forum that has a lot of information and I'm posting and everybody's posting that. And there's hundred over like 150 people already in there, beautiful humans um, just wanting to feel their best. And I make a lot of um, special offerings there. We have workshops that are upcoming, um, conversations. It's a good place to be in. But even to you guys here, I'm grateful. And on this day of gratitude that's coming up, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm here for anything you need. And... Yay, I'm so happy that you are too, my love. You are amazing, all of you. So let's keep going. Keep me posted. Ask me questions as we move forward. But I just hope you enjoy that day. Ideal plate it, contain your meals, add hugs accordingly, and enjoy. All right? I'll see you later. Thank you for listening. For nutrition, coaching, wellness offerings, and upcoming events, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And for daily musings and simple advice, you can find me on Instagram at paolaatlasonwellness. Sending love.